Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Philippe Clanchier, the CEO of Cartier Resources TSXV Explorer with assets in Avatibi. We spoke to them back in May. Uh, share prices doubled since then. There have been regulatory going through a process of walking up towards a PEA, about another half million, 700,000 bucks to spend on that. They've also raised 9.3 million in flow through capital. So you know there's going to be a lot of drilling coming up. Um, we talked to him about what his plans are. Um, we also trying to understand what type of company they are and why investors should be looking at these guys now. Clearly, they're undervalued, he says. They all do. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Philippe, how are you doing, sir? Doing fine. Glad to hear it. Now, we uh, spoke to you back in May. How have you been since then? How's life? Excellent. I mean, we've had a terrific summer here. Uh, this is my country, so obviously a lot of contractors and busy, busy in, in the Abitibi. And uh, because of COVID issues, obviously, uh, not many people took vacations. And we've readjusted the work around that. But it's been a terrific summer, a really, really nice weather. Been growing a lot of tomatoes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Discovered the journey of uh, tomato growing, uh, quite a challenge. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've, we've actually dovetailed into, a, um, into a more of a corporate development uh, process with Cartse, where you know the consultants that are working with us have had to rearrange their personal lives as well, and all to the benefit of where we're moving next. And you might have seen uh, throughout all that, right in the middle of summer, a um, a, a pretty important financing. That yeah, well, look, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. Just mean, let me understand the word. What you mean by corporate development? What, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is that obviously we so far in the last three years we've been focused exclusively on developing the, the Chimo Mine project, you know, exploring it and, and orienting it towards can this thing fly? Can this thing get off the ground and fly? And and recently, or in the last interview I had with you, uh, we we had demonstrated that uh, yeah, this thing is going to work, and so we're we and we've completed all that heavy lifting, and now we're in the final stages of of setting the table and, and with a third resource estimate and, and working towards a PEA. So that's the, that's the corporate development aspect. But our corporation is not just Chimo. It's three other projects, exactly. three other deposits. Okay. So we've had to engineer our corporate development around continuing and completing the work efforts on Chimo while emerging dynamic exploration program on Benoit and Fent. Understood. Just wanted to be clear there, because sometimes people do uh, associate M and A activity with it. You're not. You, you've got enough projects on your in your portfolio and uh, in your hands. Um, so let's give people who are new to this story that one minute overview of what it is that um, Cartier Resources is, and then we'll pick it up from there. Cartier Resources is uh, gold centric. We explore for gold in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt, the Quebec portion. Uh, essentially got listed in 2007. By 2012, we redesigned our corporate strategy to focus on projects where gold endowment had been demonstrated and we had gold deposits. We picked up from 2012 to 2015 four gold deposits, one of which was a past producing mine. So in the last three years, we focused most of our exploration work, you know, almost 60,000 meters of diamond drilling within 500 meters of the Chimo mine historical shaft. And we've delivered two resource estimates and we're working on a third 
and most likely walking into a PA. And now we believe it's it's high time that we uh, we migrate towards developing or un unlocking the value of our three other deposits, uh, Benoit, Wilson, and Fenton. Okay. Okay. Thanks for that summary. And you know, last time I had, and I will put a link below in the uh, description to that interview because I think you laid out your business plan and strategy quite well in that. Yep. Um, so we, we appreciate mm -hmm. it listening to it. But um, you made some uh, promises to me in the last uh, conversation we had in May, which was in six months' time you'd be in a position to make some decisions. So a number of things have happened in the last four months. Maybe you want to kind of run through those and perhaps why don't we start off with the money first because that's going to give you optionality to deliver on some of the other information you've um, been building during that period. Very well. Obviously, in the last four months, what we've discovered is, uh, you know, Chimo is clearly moving towards the end zone. We've done the bulk of the heavy lifting, right? And uh, now the game is essentially in the hands of the resource estimate consultants and the engineers to deliver the final value of, of, of Chimo. So it requires high level supervision on our part. But having seen that, we were on the lookout for additional funds to be able to jumpstart rapidly on our other exploration place. And therein lies the reason for the financing. Uh, uh, we had at, at the time of that decision and that you know, epiphany, uh, $4.5 million hard cash. And we don't wanna burn through that doing exploration work on Benoit, Wilson and uh, Fenton. So therein lies the, the rationale for the race. And so everything that we learned the, the strategy, the exploration strategy, and the techniques that we learned on Chimo in the past few years, we're going to apply in a dynamic or relatively aggressive manner on Benoit and Fenton and, and maybe uh, Wilson. So that's basically what we've done. In the last four months, and, and when I said we come to a decision within those six months, is that, well, at Chimo, we've decided that we've done enough. I mean, sure, there, we could continue exploring at depth, but we wouldn't be able to capture all that much additional value from deep drilling, for one. For two, it would delay or further delay resource estimate work and engineering work. So at one point, you have to cap off your work and, 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 and just roll the dice and let it go and then move on to another project. Okay, so let's talk about what you what you did at China because I think that's you're looking to replicate that obviously at Benoit, yep. Wilson, and Fenton. I'll say in that order. Um, yep. So let's just show people the process which you go through because it seemed quite rigorous to me when you were talking about it before. Mm -hmm. But the thing I quite liked was you knew when to stop. I said, we don't need, we're not going to get any incremental yep. value by continuing to spend money here. It may be a little bit more data, a little bit more information, might help with the decision, but not so much that's going to make a difference to us, meaningful difference, more importantly, to shareholders. So just let's go with what you did there and what that, at the point at which you decided to stop, and then we'll get on to the other three projects. Absolutely. It would be fair, though, to, to, um, to comment to the fact that there's currently a, a trend, a very favorable trend for gold and a window of opportunity, hence our accelerated decision, you know, um, perhaps if it was a shitty market, we'd, we'd continue. But I mean, in this environment, hey, we've done enough. 
we know this thing flies. So what have we done? Uh, at Chimo Mine, uh, the Chimo Mine project is a past producer. So we've had the benefit of being able to anchor or calibrate all of our exploration work on uh, knowns. Um, data, 4,000 diamond drill holes, uh, a layout of underground infrastructure, uh, costs of, of local access to mills, trucking, et cetera, et cetera. And therefore, we were able to focus our exploration on the direct exploration at depth of, I think there was a 25 or 27 gold zones, known gold zones. So throughout a three-year program, we were able to target all 27 zones, target, bring that down to 12 and then six and now three. It's not, that doesn't say that the, you know, the, the remaining 24 zones still don't have potential. It's just that we felt that we've drilled those enough and they ultimately can be drilled from underground once this thing gets um, into production. And so we've drilled up to uh, 60,000 meters, as you've seen in the recent press release. Um, 60,000 meters on stuff that's the zones that are within 500 meters of the shaft laterally and at depth. We've produced two resource estimates. We've, with this morning's press release, we're able to uh, shut the database and launch the third resource estimate process. And then once that, once that reaches a, a critical aspect, then we could bring in the engineering uh, reports and walk right up to and into uh you know a full-fledged uh, pea mm -hmm. so that's what we've done we're very comfortable where we're at and that's why we're also comfortable moving on to our other deposits and the market the m a um, ecosystem or what will happen to chimo we'll see those recommendations emerge from the work that we've recently launched Okay, so again, if you remember when we spoke before, I asked you what's the profile of the assets that you look for because you went through a process previously. You know, Agnico uh, Eagle got got excited by you know what it, the way you went about it and what you were targeting. So you said to me, we're looking for a historical resource. We need broad alteration zones. We're looking for high grade, but with some bulk kind of fill, fill in the gaps, as it were. Um, and and this is partly because of the you know pre Briax situation you needed to have some solidity yes. to this to make the uh, i think the word users previously was scandal of, of that era go away so do you think now that you've done this work on chimo that you've got what you sought out to find i know you've got a pa coming up but you yes. must know enough now yes so that's a two-part question yes on chimo we've addressed the issue we believe it's going to fly we simply need to you know rushed the ball the, the, the last nine yards over the touchdown line. On the other projects, we have the benefit of having been through a process that we know works on the type of deposits that we've, you know, that are in the pipeline of, of our portfolio. And what we've learned in the last three years, our intention is to apply that more comfortably. I mean, the learning curve on Chimo is way behind us and we're, we're going to apply that more dynamically on Benoit. Now, the, the, the business model when we built this portfolio was to identify projects that clearly had endowment, metal factors. I mean, grades of gold over widths that 
demonstrate that the projects have leg to them, legs to them. And so for us, we don't want to be prospecting with a drill or burn through cash trying to make a discovery. We focus our exploration on stuff that has already been discovered, but were discovered at a period in time where drilling was naturally limited to the first few hundred meters. Now our job is to just pick these things up and, and from when they were left off and to drill at depth and to continue to explore and build ounces on these things. And as luck would have it, our first asset that we, we focused our attention on was, in, or was on that, the, the, the very productive and prospective Cadillac fault extension. Now we are going to focus our exploration attention on what everybody is seeing as an emerging mining district, the windfall belt. And so um, there's going to be a lot of bang for the buck uh, because we've developed a process that can really benefit the three other assets that we have. Okay. So, this, so that's great for the company as, as a whole, but let's, let's stick with Shimo if, if, we, if we may. So you, you, you're telling me mm-hmm. you knew you got what you sought uh, to get, you know, you, you knew the profile you wanted and you, you yes. think you got that in Shimo. So don't you feel the average grade, so just that little bit average for open pit, do you feel that the economics are not going to be as good as you thought? I hear that. I hear that. And, and that's, and listen, in, in today's press release, in, in the second table we present, you know, high-grade intervals. And we, we purposely did that because we get the criticism that, oh, this is low-grade or average-grade. Well, Chimo, much like any other project in the Abitibi, has its, you know, sweet headliner pockets uh, within, the, within the mineralization uh, uh, panels. We always have tended to focus on the number of ounces or the volumes that generate ounces rather than the teaser uh, headlines. And um, so our focus on Chimo was making sure that the mineralization that we outlined was an amenable to mining with modern techniques. Mining in modern times have, has migrated towards bulk mining underground or you more so open pit if, if that in some cases and and so you you people that look at chimo or any other project with a 1990s mindset well they're missing the point um uh, goldex is a brilliant example canadian malartic is a brilliant example where you take known deposits and you look at them with a modern set of eyeglasses and you design a program to address that target type. And that Chimo, it worked. And, and so that's why uh, crucial components of our, our, our third resource estimate is to come to an understanding of what is the appropriate cutoff grade for the Chimo type mineralization and run various simulations and scenarios. And what I forgot to mention in, in, in the previous part of the interview is that throughout the past four months or six months, we've stumbled on what I would call um, technical discoveries, where discussing with the resource estimate people and the engineers, they've brought to our attention some technical advantages to the Chimo mineralization infrastructure and, and you know, 
Like what? Tell me about it. I'm excited. I want. I want to know. So talk to me about more about the engineering because that's a big part of the last four months for you. You've been, you've been looking at it from from a number of bases. So, um, what are, what are they able to tell you? What are you able to tell us about the way that this could be processed? So if if people are 1990s Good. myopic, but at Chimo, it, 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 no, indeed, when 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 engineers and, and resource estimate people look at a, at a deposit. They don't look at it from uh, an exploration geologist standpoint, right? So they look at this and they say, well, why don't you lower your cutoff? Without any additional drilling, you're generating a lot more ounces. But the engineers will look at this and say, oh, hold on. <laughs> can, I wrap, uh, can I wrap wireframes around this? Can I actually come up with a stope design? And so it's a lot of back and forth work with the, ge- uh, the geological team, the resource estimate team, and the engineering team. And then in the process, right? Uh, you get these eureka moments, and uh, and and when you when you math it out, when you when you go to the drawing board, that's what I call technical uh, advantages or technical discoveries that are made that aren't through the drill bit, but through an understanding and a mapping out of the various scenarios. For instance, at, at Chimo, we know that um, ore sorting works. We know, we know that if you take the mineralization and you put it through a, a, an optical or an electromagnetic sorter, it can sort. The material can be recognized and, and separated into ore and waste. Hey, it either does or it either doesn't. If it doesn't, that's it. You don't investigate that, that path anymore. In our case, it does. In our case, we're also very proximal to the, um, to the Valdor mining camp. And you could either truck your ore on on paved highway, or you could truck your ore on forest roads. Uh, you could you you could send it to a, um, a a lower volume mill, or you could send it to a higher volume mill. And we have the advantage of uh, having locally, um, I think, six mills by six different owners. You've got the uh, Laron mill by Nico. You've got the Canadian Malartic mill, which is co-owned by Yamana and Nico. You have the Goldex mill, which is Nico. You have the Westdome mill, which is um, uh, Kina mill, which is Westdome. You have the QMX mill, which is which O3 has an option on. You have the Eldorado mill. You have a lot of different players, a lot of different mills, and 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 all that optionality that goes with it. And that's an important part of the engineering design of the project is to unlock the value of each scenario, to, to be fully aware of which scenario can give you revenue of X and which scenario gives you a revenue of Y and just map it all out and just, you know. Which is great. There's a lot of theory there and there's a lot of, okay, we're close by to a lot of mills and stuff, but come, let's go back to the processing component. You know, our stuff, the sorter works for our stuff. What does that mean? I mean are you, do you know, how much work have you done on that in terms of the engineering? Is it saving you 10% of throughput, 20%, 30%? What's the increased recovery rates? What's the cost of it? The cost of it is actually, actually low. It's, it's act, so that's the, the, the ore sorting plants themselves, purchasing them and installing them, that's low. That's a low cost item. It's not even mentionable in, in terms of CapEx and OpEx. Um, the essential point is the trade-off. Are you better s- sorting this thing and high grading your ore, lowering the trucking costs, sending it to um, more, more potential mill sites? Or are you, are you going to just you know, throughput as much tonnage as you can 
at the lowest grade possible and just send it to a local mill and let them sort it out. It's the measure of trade-offs that we're going through right now. That process is ongoing, but obviously if we, you can assume that if we're doing that process, um, it's, it's, it's got passing grades and, and still therefore uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna deliver on that. Okay, you're walking towards this PEA. When do we start getting more clues about the economics around this? Do we have to wait for the PEA or is there information that you're going to be able to share with us before that point? Well, ultimately, you have to. the public has to wait for the, 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 the PEA once published. Um, the more sophisticated investors will actually wrap, around, will wrap their heads around uh, what we have. They'll go to local other PEAs and 43101s where you can find in these reports these cost estimates, these trucking costs, these milling costs, and they could piece together their own yeah. a napkin study uh, PA type thing, so, so, right? So who, who are your I, I, peers? And, um, who would you consider your peers? Our peers, in terms of local peers? Yeah, in terms of similar ore bodies, et cetera. Well, not in terms of similar ore bodies, but in terms of similar dynamics, there would be Monarch, there would be Radisson, there would be Probe, there would be O3, um, it, it, listen, even Ignico Eagle in 2006 developed the Lapa mine and the Lapa mine ultimately produced 825,000 ounces of gold, right? From 2006 to 2018. So don't let anybody tell you that senior mining companies don't tackle million ounce deposits. They do when it makes sense. Okay, we're going to come. And so we're working on Chimo to deliver it. We've already at 1.2. We're working to deliver a minimum of 1.7 that we arm waved at, um, in, the la in our corporate presentation. And I'm quite confident that we may even top that. Okay, well, that's where I want to get to. So we will come to that point because I want to work out who's interested in you, who's going to be interested in you. So you've been through a process with Chima, you've learned a lot, you're going to be able to apply some of those learnings to the other three projects. Now, I think obviously Wilson potentially is not high on the agenda, but so you're going to tackle Benoit and uh, Fenton uh, first. And that may start to give you the scale, which makes you a bit more interesting to a few more, a few more majors. Okay, so let's talk about Benoit, if we may. Okay, so yeah. what are you doing there now with this new money of yours? Or what do you plan to do? Just give us a clue. Listen, if we dial back to 2016, when Agnico Eagle uh, invested $4.5 million for a 19.9 .9 stake, that $4.5 million was to drill Wilson, Fenton, Benoit, and Chimo. We never got around to drilling Benoit. So it's a given that we already have a drill program mapped out for Benoit. However, in light of what we've discovered that Chimo the program at Benoit has now developed into a three-component program. The, we will be drilling the natural depth extension of the Benoit deposit as known today. We will be drilling the deep-seated ore vision uh, anomalies that, that are distributed in and around uh, the Benoit deposit. And we will be drilling the deposit itself. Uh, all three parts of the program our directed or their objective is to rapidly vault Benoit uh, into you know into the limelight and properly evaluate um, the the drilling the deposit itself is meant to uh, reflect that you know whereas at Chimo 
we had historical metallurgy and rock production and, and production reports at Benoit. This is not this is not a past producer. So drilling the deposit itself is meant to rapidly jumpstart metallurgical studies on the on the project. Whereas drilling the extension of the deposit and the ore vision anomalies is meant to build or scope out the potential that this project has to, you know, deliver how many ounces in, in you know, a set given time. Yeah, I mean, because we, and with, um, so Shima, you obviously, took, you talked to me in the past, you said, you know, we picked this thing up for less than a dollar an ounce, which is great. And we've got these uh, other projects in the background, which we, you know, you parked up, but now now you need to reactivate to, yep. I guess what I'm trying to understand is, how do we, you, you share price doubled since we spoke. Okay, so, you know, congrats on yep. that. Um, you know, you're up to sort of 30 cents. So that, that, that's good news. But you, you've got some way to go because you're still only, crikey, you know, $65 million company. Okay. The process yeah. is right. The planning is right. The team's right. The experience, the track record, all of that. Agnico, you've got, there's a lot of good markers in here, but you're still 65 million market cap. So what are you going to need to do yeah. with Benoit, with Fenton to really get the market excited? Okay to show that there's more growth. Doubling is fantastic, but what next? What do you need to give to the marketplace in your opinion? Well, in, in our opinion, the market has only recently started to recognize some value at Chima, but zero value at Benoit, Fenton, and Wilson, because these are all historical resources. They're not 43101, given to the fact that they were essentially outlined and drilled off before the Briex scandal, 43101 norm and regulation comes into play in 2001. So what we aim to do is to take the historical resource estimates that we have on these projects and flash them out. Okay, this is our this is our embryo, this is our, our start number, and look at the program, and the program is built to develop rapidly. Uh, expand the number uh, at the ounce count. At Benoit, for example, there's, I think, half a million tons, historical resource estimate, mind you, not 43,101. Half a million tons at five-ish grams gold, 12-ish uh, grams silver, and 0.3 copper. So there's, if you take half a million tons at five grams, that's about 90,000 ounces, like in the first 100 or 200 meters. Uh, but we've drilled down in 2014 to 750. We know the system's there. So we have to design a drill program that will clearly show the market the value that we're building at Benoit and, and have it understand the value at Benoit and also at Fenton and then ultimately at Wilson. Right now, we're getting zero value for the three other deposits and we're also only getting partial value from Chima. So our challenge is essentially not a technical one. It's raise awareness of what we're doing and and have the market recognize our value have the market recognize that we're in no financial we're not vulnerable financially because we have the cash we have the right team to do the right work and obviously we have the right assets in the right location it's you know the market the, the market valuation will perhaps at one point meet the the corporate valuation and and that's where i think the value proposition is okay so you've raised nine point three million in flow through shares recently. You had about four, you've got about fourteen million in cash at the moment, roughly thirteen half yep. fourteen million, right? Yep. Absolutely. I'm intrigued by the conversations that the board have and say, right, we're in a gold bull market. Money is 
flying around left, right, and center. Why 9.3? Why not 25 million? Because obviously, with the shares doing what they've done, this is not very dilutive to you. It's also one of the largest sums of money you've ever uh, raised in the in the organization. Um, why not take more to accelerate this so you can actually deliver in a very positive gold bull environment? That's a good question. Uh, obviously, there's there's a, a world between investing uh, funds properly and just blowing it out and spending it. Uh, Nine million-ish is on the high side of what we can, you know, appropriately manage and deliver in the Cartse fashion. Above that, you know, uh, the work would get done. We can manage it. We could deliver, but it it wouldn't be in our. It wouldn't respect our signature uh, program. Um, and and so, and and that amount basically uh, reflects the back-end interest that uh, that we were able to generate. 9.3 million, and you mentioned that it's flow-through. So when you raise flow-through dollars, you, it's a promise to the to the market that you're going to invest that money in expiration. You can't use that money for GNA and stuff like that, right? So the, the, the retail investment community should be hearing, wow, we're going to get $9.3 million worth of diamond drilling because Cartse doesn't fly airborne surveys or, or do grab sample trends in a trench programs and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the majority, if not all of it, is going to go directly to diamond drilling. Uh, some reserves for engineering and, and, and 43-101 resource estimate work. Um, it's going to be a very, very um, dynamic year for Card City in terms of news flow, in terms of deliverables. No. Okay, so, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll buy that. Um, Back to Chima, or let's just stick with Chima because it's, it's the kind of case study for everything else, um, which is what's the end point? Remind people, I know we've discussed it before, but what's, what's the end point for you um, and how much more money and how much more time is it going to take to get to that point? We're looking at 500,000 to 700,000 to complete the work on Chima. Have the market fully appreciate in terms of resource estimates and you know preliminary economic assessment of the project the value of Chimo. From that point on, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a different ballgame. Uh, the market comes into play, the corporates come into play, even at the board level, we have to make a decision of how we're going to capture that value and monetize it for our shareholders. So, you know, the, what remains to be done on Chimo is simply the, uh, you know, bringing to the market a, a valuation picture of Chima. And from that point on, we've got two elements. We've got a defense mechanism if there's an opportunistic bid or a delinquent bid on, on Cartier or Chima. And then we have the blueprints to build it ourselves if, if we have to make that sort of decision. So we'll have covered the base, uh, the, you know, the basic needs uh, uh, you know, as, a, as a team, and we'll have protected uh, what we've generated as value Okay. We'll have protected that for a sure. Okay, but well, let's be real. You're not going to you're not going to build this thing out. You want to get someone to come in here, but buy the asset. You've left something on the table because you haven't gone down as far as you, you could do because you know the system um, is still down there. You, you understand yeah. that. Um, yeah. So there's a little something left on the table for whoever comes in, and um, you just need to price Definitely. it accordingly, and that gives you potentially enough money to develop out the other three assets in a, in a similar fashion. That's your business model? 
that's the business model and the best of the world. That's what you do. It, junior companies that a four-man team, junior company that says that it's going to build a deposit uh, in this day and age with the permitting, with the, uh, you know, capital raise, uh, you know, it is, I mean, you got to, you got to be credible when you want to do this type of thing, right? It's one thing having a four-man team and doing exploration, quite another having 200 men on site or women and having health and safety meetings on Monday morning. Uh, it's two different worlds. And, you, you know, if you decide to walk the talk and say you're going to build this thing, that can become scary. Um, and that's why, um, you know, you could always you could always have that up your sleeve. But at least with the third resource estimate, and the um, the engineering work that we're doing, and eventually the PEA, that will spell the value for Cartier and its shareholders. Obviously, we're hoping that all of this that's done and delivered while the price of gold is still going up in the market is favorable. And so that's why we're very content where we're at right now. I bet. You know. I bet. I would hate. I would hate to be delivering when the market crashes. You know. Yeah. Well, that, that, again, it gives us a view of what, what we're walking into as investors. What, what are we walking into? Are we in this mm -hmm. for some sort of long uh, haul with you? Or is there an event coming up soon? And I, and I suggest it's, it's the latter in, in your case. Um, and I, and I kind of, There's several I, events coming up. Several events coming up, but one sooner than the rest. Okay, And that, that's what, again, I, I want to oh, understand yeah. what I'm walking into. There's an event which could capitalize the company for you know, further growth, future growth. So th th that's the kind of company we're buying into. Well, look, um, Philip, look, it's, it's lovely to catch up with you. And I know we're going to catch up um, in, in a you know, few months where, as things progress. I know we've, yeah. we, we've, we've talked about, you know, staying in touch a bit more regularly. So I appreciate that. Um, and it's, like, again, for people watching this, do look at the link below for the previous uh, interview. It kind of outlines the business plan quite, quite well. Um, it's a great update. Things are going well. You seem to have delivered everything you told me you were going to deliver, which is which is unusual. Um, and COVID not making too much impact on on um, moving things forward. Dates not changing. Well, well, I'll tell you something though. Um, because of what I mentioned earlier on, uh, people uh, not taking vacation time, right? Saying, "Oh, well, I can't travel abroad. Right. I can't do this and that. So I'll just stay at work and stuff." And then working offsite, working from home. We've managed to do it quite well. Will some of our contractors or some of our other groups that we in, in you know intervene with will they manage that the same way? You know, when 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 you have a different a whole bunch of different moving parts and they try to coordinate meeting times, and that falls because you know things get bullied around a bit. So we could answer to our plans, and that's what we aim to continue doing. Uh, it hasn't impacted us yet. What will COVID bring us in the second wave or even third wave? I don't know. But we have taken the necessary steps here to manage that mm. uh, accordingly. Good. Okay. We have the cash. And you do have the we cash. Have the and we have the assets. Okay. Well, look, Philippe, let's speak soon. Stay in touch, please. Uh, you've got a bunch of deliverables. Yes. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. We'll, yeah. we'll uh, speak soon. Okay. Absolutely. Have a nice day, sir. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.